Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Hey everyone, it's Sherry Stahl, host of the Soul H2O radio and podcast show. The one that will inspire you to get into the Bible and help you understand it. It's my goal to be relatable and authentically leave you refreshed as you listen to the Soul H2O devotion. I'm so excited you've tuned in for today's episode number 129. Do you know what your name means? It's a question I asked a group of women in Chatham just a week ago. They invited me to come and speak at their event and talk about who we are in Christ. I encouraged them to look up their meaning of their first, middle, and last name before I came, and then shared with them part of what I'm sharing with you today, and so much more. If you do the same, if you check out your name, you might be surprised at just how much your name speaks of your identity and destiny. Today, it's my intention to help you believe the truth about what God calls you and to know He only has kind words for you. Our inbox talk comes all the way from the deep south of the United States on Instagram. Jeannie messaged to say she listened and shared an episode. Thanks so much, girl, for helping spread the word about Soul H2O. Don't forget to register for my free masterclass, Why You Can Trust God to Show You How to Get Through Hard Times. In it, I'll share some lessons I've learned that set me free and how you can apply them to your life. Find out more on soulh2o.com slash masterclass. Take time to download one of the Soul H2O journal pages during the first music pick song to help you dive deep into the teaching segment and quench your spiritual thirst. You can even use them for your personal devotions and find any links mentioned on today's show at soulh2o.com slash 129. After the first music pick song, we'll dive in to today's Soul H2O devotion. But for now, get ready to be moved as you listen to Love Me Like I Am by For King and Country featuring Jordan Sparks. Choosing a baby name is a difficult job these days. When you meet people from older generations, They seem to have settled on a select number of names and use them repeatedly. Mary, Martha, Mabel, John, or Peter. But since I started having kids and until the present day, it's become much more complicated. With access to the internet, the options seem to be endless. Pastors Ethan and Michaela at our church name their girls so cool. I think Etta, Remy, and Navy, their girls are going to grow up to be movie stars with those names. Names are a big deal. When I went through divorce, I changed my name back to my maiden name, which is Fletcher. It's a pretty cool name as far as names go, but it was a lot of paperwork changing it back, with every government, business, and banking agency needing to be contacted. Then, when I got remarried to Todd, I had to go through it all again. All that legal paperwork to take on the name Stahl, an equally cool name that actually means steel. So, yeah, girls, I married a man of steel with a very soft heart. Back in biblical days, the parents chose the names of their children, and it was so important that they got the names right. When they named someone, it really described them. 
And when I'm studying the Bible and they mention a name, I'll look back and see what did this name mean in Hebrew or Greek, depending on where it is in the Bible, and find out what that name meant because I know that's what the parents saw in this child of theirs. The name is often used to speak about the situation or something in that story. Over and again in the Bible, parents prayed and asked God, what should I name this child? Back then, your name held great significance, but it's pretty clear that sometimes God didn't think that the parents chose the right name because I found about nine instances in the Bible where people's names were changed by God. I think Abram, Sarai, Jacob, and Simon are some of the most well-known name changes. Most of the times when you hear our first couple who experienced a name change preach from the platform, you hear Abraham and Sarah. But it was only after an encounter with God that their names were changed, and the catalyst was a problem. As I look through the Bible, I see this recurring theme or pattern in the Bible where God does change someone's name. When he starts calling them something different, there's always a problem happening, some difficulty they're facing. Crisis is often the catalyst for a name change. For Abraham and Sarah, it was infertility and names that spoke of their destiny to have children. Maybe you too have struggled to conceive and had miscarriages or given birth to a stillborn child. God wants to speak into your struggle too. The name that God spoke over Abraham almost seems offensive because the name Abraham means father of many nations. And God told them that their descendants would be as innumerable as the sand they walked on or the stars in the sky. Every time Sarah or Abraham would take a walk or look up in the night sky, they'd be reminded, we don't have any kids for decades This new name, Abraham, father of nations, kept being spoken over them, and they never had any kids. It must have seemed like a sarcastic name, something negative that someone would say over you, derogatory, like when people mock you, saying the opposite of what you are. But God was speaking destiny into Abram, that he was going to be the father of nations, that Sarah was going to give them a child, and they would have a great heritage. God took a difficult situation and the label that was on them of barren, he changed it to fruitful. God changed their name to speak to their destiny. And then growing up, Jacob would have been what we call the brat of the family. Have you ever watched the movie Identity Thief with Melissa McCarthy? She hilariously and yes, irreverently portrayed a girl who takes on the financial identity of Jason Bateman's character. This con woman used his credit to buy stuff and destroy his financial rating. In the end, your heart turns towards this crazy thief as you learn of her troubled childhood. She was attracted to this type of crime to get away from her birth identity. She could relate to Jacob in the Bible, who needed an identity theft. Jacob was the grandson of Abraham. His very nature was described in the Hebrew meaning of his name, deceiver. Now, I know a lot of nice Jakes out there, but this Jacob, he lived up to his namesake. He was the one who conned his brother out of his birthright as the firstborn son for a bowl of soup, giving him the double portion and then tricked his father into pronouncing the blessing for the firstborn on him. This put Jacob on the run to get away from his brother Esau and his whole family. 
The saying, you reap what you sow, played out in Jacob's life as he was then tricked by his father-in-law Laban into marrying Leah when he thought he was marrying Rachel. Years later, Jacob tricks Laban back and then flees that situation. On the run again, Jacob knows he's going to meet up with his brother Esau, and he's afraid of payback time. It was a dark night. Jacob was out by himself, and he wrestled with God when he had this encounter with God, where he is literally fighting and arguing with God. Now, I know none of us would ever do that. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. (laughs) But Jacob is begging for God's blessing. And this experience is the catalyst for Jacob's name change. It was a lack of safety, impending homelessness, and fear of an attack from his brother. The story in Genesis 32 reveals how the struggles caused Jacob to wrestle with God. I think at this point, Jacob was finally ready to face his issues with deceit. After a long night of meeting with God and not giving up until the end, he received God's blessing. Jacob's name was changed by God to Israel, which means God strives and has roots in meaning united people. So far opposite to the way Jacob had been living. Jacob went from deceiver to overcomer when God pulled an ancient day identity theft. God wants you to know that even when you run, he's in the business of changing flawed identities and producing overcomers out of broken people. God knew exactly what Jacob needed to hear and who he would become. And he knows the same about you. Who said that you were beautiful and that you didn't belong in your own skin? Have you ever wondered what goes on behind the scenes at Joy Radio? Well, the wait is over. I'm Holly Taylor of Good Company. And I'm James Curtis of The Drive. Subscribe to our Joy newsletter, Living Joyfully. And on the second Tuesday of each month, you'll gain exclusive access to powerful testimonials from fellow listeners, inspiring news, opportunities to serve, and much more. Staying connected to Joy Radio has never been easier. Subscribe at joyradio.ca and become a joyful insider. Joy Radio. Wherever you are. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Simon is another example in the Bible of people who experienced a name change by God. He was a big talker, wishy-washy, always sticking his foot in his mouth, but Jesus saw more in him. Jesus spoke steadiness into Simon's life by renaming him Peter, the rock, who would become one of God's strongest voices in his generation. Peter's new name retold his identity and pointed towards his destiny. In Psalm 139, 13-14, David says, God, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. David knew his identity was rooted in the fact that God created him and God doesn't make junk. God created you and he thinks you're wonderful too. 
He knows you and you understanding what he says about you is crucial. If you've been letting the names of others label you, you won't be able to walk in the destiny God has for your life in order to redefine your identity into who God says you are. It's important that you understand who has the power to name things. In Genesis 2.19, it says, Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. God gave Adam the ability and the authority to name things. The reality is, God's given you the ability and authority to place names on things for the good or the bad. Seriously, you are that powerful. Parents give their children a sense of identity by what they record on their birth certificate. Your first or given names help you identify with who you are personally. And your last name, that brings a connection with your family identity. I wish this was the only way names were placed on people, with prayerful, loving motivation. But that's never the case. Throughout your life, parents, teachers, bosses, or even people in the checkout line are making statements about you. Some kind, some loving, others harassing, negative, or cruel. Sometimes you're actually named right at birth and you just don't know it or maybe you've forgotten about it. My first name, Sherry, comes from the French Mon Chéri or My Beloved. During my first marriage, when I received a card from a friend with my name on it and this title, it seemed foreign to my experience and what I was going through. I felt anything but beloved. As I read Isaiah 43.1 on the card, where the Lord said, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. I came to realize that although I may not be the beloved to everyone, I am beloved to God and He knows my name. Girl, the same is true for you. When I went to write my About the Author page for my first book, Water in the Desert, I remembered a card given to me from my secret sister at church. I didn't even know she knew my middle name. The title, A Refreshing Spirit, was below the name Lynn, and these two verses are connected to my middle name. Proverbs 11.25 says, One who refreshes others will themselves be refreshed. And Acts 3.20 says, Times of refreshing will stream from the Lord's presence, and He will again send you Jesus. I read that Lynn is the Welsh and Celtic word for lake, waterfall, pool, or pond. Lynn is sometimes used as a nickname for Linda, a Spanish name meaning pretty. This all hit me like a ton of bricks. God had actually prompted my parents to partner with him in speaking identity and destiny over my life at birth, even when they didn't even ask him and chose my name because of a song. Wow, I am still amazed by this. About five years ago, I found out that my maiden name Fletcher means arrow maker. And the part of the arrow that helps its aerodynamics to fly far is still called the fletch. The verse God highlighted for me was Isaiah 49 2 that says, He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me into a polished arrow and concealed me in his quiver. My married name, Stahl, as I said earlier in the show, means steel in German. 
As I prayed about all of this and asked God to speak his truth over me, I felt he named me Sherry Lynn Fletcher Stahl. Beloved, beautiful reservoir of water, strong as steel, forged in the secret places to use the words of her mouth to refresh others. God wants me to keep speaking this over myself until I believe it all. But sometimes your name doesn't speak life like mine. There may be a lot of baggage associated with it. Be encouraged. You're not stuck with a name. God said in Revelation 2.17, To the one who overcomes, I will give that person a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to the one who receives it. God has a special name for you, and it's not a put-down, slanderous, or an insult, but an identity booster that speaks to your destiny. Spend time listening to God and soaking in His Word to see what it says about you to begin connecting with your new name, because God sees the real you and He likes you. In Isaiah 62, verses 2 to 4, a national crisis culminated in God speaking words of comfort to His people called Israel when they were taken captive by other nations, and God told how He was going to change what people called them and said, You will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. No longer will they call you deserted or name your land desolate, but you will be called Hephzibah, for the Lord will take delight in you. I'm sure it's not on the top of your baby list, but it would be a great girl name because Hephzibah means my delight is in her. Israel's new name would bring them hope for their future and bolster their identity in time of crisis. Today, it takes a lot of work, but you can even have your name legally changed like I did. With work, you can change the name, that label that's been placed over you. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak identity into you, not the wishes or insults of others, not even the judgment you put on yourself. Do you know what your name means? If you want to redefine your identity in who God says you are, then you need to ask Him for the answer to this question and begin speaking what He says over your life until it builds your identity and helps you fulfill your God-given destiny. My challenge for you this week is to Google around and find out what your first, middle, and last names mean. If you're married, check out your maiden and married name too. One of the girls who wrote me after the event in Chatham, let's just leave her nameless for privacy's sake, pardon the pun, discovered her first name means gracious, middle name light, and her last name means for God. Put together, it's gracious light for God. I know her, and let's just say the shoe fits. Maybe your names won't speak to your identity or destiny. Ask God to give you a Revelation 2, 17 experience and give you a new name that only you and him know, because Hephzibah, God delights in you. If you get any good intel on your identity or destiny, I'd love to hear what God whispered to you. 
Shoot me a message on socials or in my email anytime. I hope you'll join me for my free masterclass, why you can trust God to show you how to get through hard times. In it, I'll share some of the lessons I've learned and how you can apply them to your life. Candidly, I'll let you in on some of the scriptures and principles God used to help me get through to the good he had for me. I've seen him restore so much. And I want to see the same happen for you. Register at soulh2o.com slash masterclass. From all of us here at Joy Radio, we're so glad you joined us for episode 129. Do you know what your name means? Make sure to check out the show notes for scripture graphics, links to related shows or devotions, the How to Get Through Hard Times Masterclass registration, or anything else mentioned in this show at soulh2o.com slash 129. I hope you'll share this episode with your friends and family, take a screen capture while listening on your device, and share on your social media to help spread the word about Soul H2O like Jeannie did. Until next time, I'm praying you stay blessed and refreshed. We appreciate your support to help Soul H2O Ministries continue and want to thank all of you who partner with us in making this Joy Radio show a reality so people can come and get refreshed. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world.